Welcome to another episode of Milk the Clock Podcast on Busted Coverage. We're, we, we have a guest. Paul went out. He did the, the legwork for the guest. Paul, who do you have coming in today? We've got former NFL All-Pro, three-time All-Pro, Sean Merriman. All right, we set it up for a 4 o'clock phone call, so Sean should be calling in any minute now. That means you don't have to sit here and listen to us just carry on about nonsense. <laughs> We're going to get right to the interview. We, we did right. another intro for this whole podcast, and I just, I just cut it. I just blind. It's gone. We're not going to use it. It was too long. It's just like what AJ, it's just like what AJ Smith did to Marty Schottenheimer after that fourteen and two season. You're a huge that, Marty Schottenheimer guy. The guy <laughs> never won. He never won an AFC title, did he? Marty Ball never was, won an AFC title. Never did. Never did. Most most wins in NFL history, I believe, without without a Super Bowl appearance. But you have Sean Merriman coming in. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see what his favorite coach was out of the coaches he had. Here comes Sean Merriman. Good, doing well. Thanks for the retweet earlier. Oh, you got it. it. You got it. No problem. So go ahead, Paul. Get us us going. Yeah. We were just talking about your time in in San Diego, Sean, and and just kind of the the different coaches you played under. Who was your preferred coach? What did you like the most? What was your favorite favorite time in San Diego? Well, you know, I I liked all my coaches, to be honest. Um, But Marty Schottenheimer was, was, um, was my coach. Um, Obviously, he was a defensive guy, and just his mentality and the way he coached and uh, prepared us for the game, it just was more up my alley uh, as far as intensity and um, the way I liked. I used to like to play. Sean, you could not have said that any better because now Paul's over there just gloating. He He's such a huge <laughs> Marty Schottenheimer guy. I hear about Marty all the time. I, Paul's an old-school football guy, so he really loves Marty. And I'm over here like, man, I don't understand the fascination. What was it about Marty that made everybody like him? You know, Marty Schottenheimer, actually, he, he can get you ready before a game to run through a brick wall. <laughs> um, and, you know, you, you, you know he's emotional about it. Uh, he's passionate about it. And he wants you to go out there and just play. You know, don't think too much and, and make things overly complicated. He just wanted you to go out there and play football and he made it enjoyable, um, you know, to, to practice every day. And, and he was our coach. I mean, he'll get on you and, um, you, you know, we've, we've had Oklahoma drills and those type of things in practice my rookie year. I mean, we really got after it. But you can appreciate a coach um, who just pushed us to be as tough as possible. Sean, you well, – uh, Marty was a former linebacker. Yeah, oh, sorry. Marty was a former linebacker in the AFL, Sean. And I just wondered how he obviously embraced you as an individual. I mean, you were tearing up the league for three years. You had the sack dance that everybody loved. Did Marty ever give you a hard time about any of that, or did he tell you to embrace it and go for it? No, no. Actually, the the one time he only he gave me a hard time was uh, it was my rookie year when I knocked out Priest Holmes, uh, and it was a you know devastating injury because he never played again. Um, but I kind of was celebrating after the fact, and I you know was like almost over him. And I got to the sideline, and, you know, Marty grabbed me by the face mask. He grabbed me and looked at me and said, you know, you know, Sean, that was a great hit, great play. But, you know, he pointed over to the field, and Priest was still laying on the ground, and I noticed he was injured. And that's when I knew that, you know, you just kind of really being out of line by celebrating over a guy who, you know, was uh, was injured. I didn't know he was injured at the time. Uh, but that was one of the only times that he really got on me about anything because he just, you know, he loved the way I played the game. Sean, let's get to some 
clothing talk because that's why you're here. You have a new athletic apparel line, Lights Out. Tell us about what's going on with the clothes. Yes, yes. It's a new uh, apparel line, uh, Lights Out, at lightsoutbrand.com. Um, you know, we actually just put brand new uh, items up on the website today for pre-order. Um, and we just came out with everything as far as, you know, compression and shorts and uh, tops, hoodies, sweatshirts, things to work out in, things that you can put on after you're done working out in a real uh, a whole life lifestyle type of atmosphere. Um, and the other day, we just uh, we just announced a, the partnership with uh, Bellator and uh, Bellator MMA on Spike TV. Uh, had a tremendous amount of, of feedback um, that just went everywhere, and they had a, a huge fight in Anaheim, Bellator 160, that, that just was amazing. Um, and just looking forward to kind of making these partnerships and, and, and keep expanding the brand. So let, let me understand. Hold on, Paul. Let me let me get in here yeah. real quick. So let me understand mm-hmm. this this clothing line. Is this like is this like an Under Armour yet then Under Armour after you get done at the gym type of uh, clothing line? Yeah, you know we we have. Look, I, I wanted to make things that people can go work out in. Obviously, I'm a huge workout freak. I'm still big into fitness, and I, I love that part of, of the brand, the fitness part, where uh, you know you have a stylish kind of compression or, or shorts or pants, and also the the hoodie that you know a sweatshirt that you can put on after you get done working out. If you need, if you can't go straight home, and you need to go up the street and, and have a quick uh, you know lunch meeting with somebody. So we just wanted to really makes sure we covered all bases and I think that you know we hit a home run as far as that. Sean, I I'm, as far as your playing career goes, in the first three years of your career, thirty nine and a half sacks, um, you really just took the league by storm. How were you able to just come into the league and have an immediate impact? And also what was your favorite hit? You talked about the priest Holmes injury. What's the, the hit that you look back on the most fondly? Uh well, you know, first of all, just start having an early start like that. Um, you know, I, I got a chance to be around uh, two of my favorite players and who I now call uh, big brothers uh, in Ray Lewis and LeVar Arrington, who was at the top of their game at the time. And um, I've known them since high school and through, through college. So I really got the mindset to, to uh, you know, start early, start fast. Uh, the, the, the capabilities of playing on that level, um, and, and kind of just jumping out there. You know, I've I spent time with so many uh, different pro bowlers and all pros and MVPs and see what they did to work out, see what they ate for dinners when they were trying to get in shape, see what they did, a rehab process. I mean, I was I was kind of a sponge being around these guys, so I, I jumped on the scene pretty early. Um, and if I can look back at one of my favorite hits, uh, outside of the Priest Holmes one, because that, that was a pretty big one, but, um, you know, we were playing uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts in the, in the playoffs, and Peyton Manning, he uh, kind of <clears throat> was um, – you know, did a like a fake handoff and rolled out to the opposite field. He was going in the end zone, about to take off, and I jumped and I got him. And um, you know, that ended their series right there. And uh, I just, I just remember that too because it was, it was, you know, kind of one of those hits where you lay out for it and you, you barely get them, and it was like a game changing type of uh, play. It wasn't a big hit, but just more of a, a game changing play. Uh, it's got great images if you get a chance to look that picture up online. Um, it's, it's awesome. Sean, you were talking about learning from the other greats of the game and, and guys that you looked up to. What are we looking at with Joey Bosa missing this amount of preseason or training camp? Is is this is this really bad news for his career? I wouldn't say for his career um, because he, he you know a career is. 
supposed to be long anyway, so her career is long. So um, he's definitely going to have a slower start. There's no question about that. I, I went, I was there uh, when I came in camp a little bit late, and I just wasn't prepared uh, by game one. Um, and I couldn't go play fast because I was still learning, trying to catch up with the playbook. Uh, fortunately, I play. I had Wade Phillips as a defense coordinator who really just put me in a position to athletically go make the plays um, until, um, you know, everything else caught up as far as me being a pro. Uh, but, you know, even just your body, the being in football shape, you're just going to have to get back there again um, by being on the field. Look, he can work out all he wants to, and I'm sure he's in great shape. He's a football guy. He loves the game of football. I got a chance to spend some time with him. Uh, and I know he loves the game of football, and he wants to be on the field, wants to be in the locker room with his teammates. But the fact is, you know, he's, he's going to have a little bit of a slower start only because he's not on the field actually playing football. Go ahead, Paul. Sean, I wanted to hear the, I wanted to hear the origin story about the nickname Lights Out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it's almost true. Uh, I mean, it's almost like one of these um, – myths right because back then you didn't have the big youtube stars or things couldn't go viral so um yeah but it's it's true i mean i, I knocked out four guys in uh, one game my sophomore year in high school and uh from that point on i i kind of kept the name lights out through high school and through college and then through the uh through the pros so um it's one of those things you had to earn and you know i earned it it's a great mma <laughs> name uh lights out any interest in the MMA game? Do you do you train? Well, well, well oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm actually going into a couple camps with guys when they start up, um, just for a couple days. I, look, I lo- I love training with the sport. Um, I love getting there, rolling around with the guys, and stay in shape. I, I really, you know, I believe in fitness. I believe in staying fit and like changing my workout workouts up and doing a different regimen. I don't actually see me getting into the ring. Um, but, you know, when you say get in the MMA, I'm in it. You know, we just, just announced a partnership with Lights Out yeah, right. and, uh, Bell, and Bellator. And, um, look, I love dealing with those guys over there and work with them because, you know, Scott Coker's great. Um, everybody is just, it's just pleasant to work with. And they all have the same mindset in growing the brand of Bellator. And I have the same mindset in growing the brand of, of, of Lights Out. And it's just, you know, it's going to be a great partnership. We have some really big things coming up. Sean, you're a good-looking guy, man. You getting hit in the face now? Look, I, I'm not worried about the face. It's more the ears, man. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's the ears. Yeah. I don't think I can. I don't think I can do the ears. I was, uh, you know, being around a lot of those guys, and, I, and I'm always constantly looking at the ears. I'm like, ah, you know, you can get a black eye and all that stuff to heal. You know, I broke my nose before playing football, so that's you know that's been that's been done. But I don't know if I can deal with those ears, man. It's it's just a, a a tough one to um tough one to deal with. Sean, one thing Joe and I were, were talking about before the interview was, you know, being you're thirty two years old, um, you made a, a good amount of money playing football. Obviously the clothing line is is doing well. I mean what's it like to be what do you do all day? I and mean, what's it like to come from the highest high in terms of popularity and success on the field and be a young guy and be retired? Um, well, you know, I made a uh, decision pretty early. I was 28, I believe, going on 29 when I retired, and I knew immediately already what I wanted to do. Um, as you know, I had the first three or four years, I started off great and I got injured, and just those injuries kept lingering, on, lingering and lingering on, um, and I just really never got back to the, to what I was capable of doing. Um, when, when the knee went and then I had uh, 
uh, tore my Achilles. And that, as a pass rusher, is one of the most devastating injuries you can have. Um, and that really brought my game down to, you know, an, an average uh, you know, an average player. I didn't have the explosion that I had. And once that happened, um, it, it took away from my competitiveness in the game and, and it wasn't there for me anymore. So, you know, I had to find something else and move on to something else that, that brought me the same type of, of, of passion. It brought me the same energy as walking out uh, to, to a, a crowd of almost 70,000 people. Uh, you know, some boos and some cheering, but that, um, you know that 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 passion you feel and that that how did you feel is 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 what I put into Lights Out brand now. What do you remember about that day your NFL career was over? Um, you know, I was in I was in Buffalo and um, I remember I, I I got released right before like two weeks before the season. They brought me back some weeks later. Uh, started the rest of the year, but you know I was watching a film and you know I, I was seeing things that. Uh, that I wasn't used to doing anymore. Uh, someone who I was able to get around uh, or play that I probably would have made if, if I was, you know, my how, my former self or if I was still healthy. Um, and that's when I kind of started thinking in my head. I said, man, this is, you know, look, I, I, I'm, I, I can still go out here and make plays, but I'm not making the plays that I would used to make. Uh, and so then the, the competitiveness of being able to go out and compete started to go away. And that's why I remember the, those thoughts in my head and saying, ah, you know, I, I love playing football, but I just don't have the same of what I had before. And I knew it was time to, to move on to the next thing and what I really wanted to do. Go ahead, Paul. Get in there one more time. Yeah, last question, Sean. Favorite QB to hit? Was there a guy that just ran his mouth that you just love to hit? Not really run his mouth. But just because he's so damn good, and that's Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love. I just always used to love getting after Tom, just just because of his greatness. Um, and it just made me up my game just that much more uh, when you see somebody like that across from you, um, and then you're, you're you know playing the New England Patriots and, and just all their successful years and uh, Super Bowl rings and just everything about the organization it just made you want to get up and play that much more so anytime I got a chance to lay a good lick on Tom Brady which you didn't get to all the time because he got rid of the ball uh, I enjoyed it Sean this week Bellator 160 Dan Henderson versus Pitbull Friday night what the clothes are going to be on display people are going to be in the clothes what's going to be happening yeah, so uh, that yeah that that just that just happened. Right. We um, it, it was a it was a great it was a great turnout. We were selling uh, lights out and Bellator gear, walking into the entrances, and uh, the, for the next few fights, you'll see some in ring um, promotion with lights out. Uh, you'll see shared content on Bellator.com and some on SpikeTV.com or Spike.com. Uh, it's it's just a great partnership all around. Um, not only my fan of the sport, uh, but I enjoy working with these fighters. I enjoy working with the people uh, in Bellator and Spike. Um, so we're just looking to grow in this thing and, and make, Bell- make Bell- Bellator the best out there. All right, everybody can look for the new Lights Out apparel line. Sean, we really appreciate the time. And uh, it sounds like, Paul, it sounds like we got another businessman on our hands. We- yeah, I love it. I love hearing the uh, a guy as focused as you, Sean, just comes through clearly. You know, your, your life didn't end when your football career did. And uh, good luck with everything with Bellator. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Sean Merriman. Thanks. And uh, once again, you can uh, you can look for the new lights out on Spike.com. Uh, that's the apparel line, athletic leisure wear. You, you can work out in it, and then uh, afterwards you can go to the bar in your hoodie 
and uh, <laughs> or on a lunch a lunch meeting or whatever you need to do. So whatever you need to do, you know where the leisure wear the the athletic leisure wear is so big now is is with the kids, Joe Kinsey. That's what uh, I said. That's why I said it sounded like a grown up version of American Apparel or not American Apparel Under Armour Under Armour. Yeah, it, it it actually is. I I took I took my daughter to school today, and I was literally looking at all these kids. And I, when, when we were kids, you know, you're wearing jeans yep. from like Target, like a a button down plaid shirt, just something lame, right. you know, just regular school clothes. And these kids are wearing like fluorescent green tank tops that say like beast mode with matching compression sh- socks and br- black shorts and you know a backpack that matches. I'm like. This is some next level leisure wear. Yeah, they're not. They're going to school, and the colors. I, I you know, I see all the photos, the Facebook photos of uh, first day of school photos, and you know, it, the colors are off the charts. Like if it's not, if it's Very not neon plant. something, they're not wearing it. No, it's got to be neon, and there's got to be black socks. I know you're a little bit younger than me, but do you did you ever go to school with the jeans that had mom had like put a patch on the knees. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, think about that. These kids, these kids don't even know that life. <clears throat> they don't oh, know. Oh man. I, that, I, I'd forgotten all about that. It's like, what were our parents thinking? You know what? To stretch out an extra semester out of that pair of jeans. Oh, my parents I, think about, think about the days when you got new shoes for school. And I remember going to, going to get shoes. And I, and, and I knew that was, that was the only pair you're getting all year. So if you trash them, they're done. You're done. <laughs> and, and, and nowadays my, my wife will be like, didn't you get new shoes? And it'll be like six months later and I still haven't worn them. And I'm like, it, it still goes back to my childhood where I'm, if I know if I dirty up these shoes, I'm not getting another pair. So <laughs> to the, to the point where you don't even want to wear them. Yeah, I, I won't. I don't even like, wear them. I, I'll, I'll. It's like I'm saving them for a good, good time to wear them. And then I feel guilty. <laughs> then I feel guilty when I wear them and start to get them dirty. It's, it's a weird thing. Oh yeah, it's so weird. But now these kids are it's just like trashing Nelly, their stuff. It's like Nelly said in, in Air Force Ones: If somebody scuff them, it messes up your whole night. I like that line. I like that brand line. new. I could go to the grocery store and scuff them, and it would make it would ruin my night. So that's Sean Merriman. <laughs> right. Uh, you, one thing is his his phone line spectacular. I don't know who his service is, but that was a great phone line. I felt like we were in the room it, with him. It was it was digital. It was like high def. I, I don't know. One eight hundred pin drop. Your call. Your phone line is it was kind of bad. Man, this again, that old gag again. Delay, horrible delay. Talking there was over a one delay. Another. Yeah. Are you on Still your phone? Happening now. Is that what's happening? Yeah, this is the regular, this is the, the, the regular better setup? sound option. Yeah, regular oh, setup. Shit. I don't know what's going on today. All right, so you're, you're messed up. Um, and uh, yeah, because the guy, I mean, seriously, well-spoken, dude. And he comes in here in a high def phone line, and you can't even. What, who's your provider? <laughs> Verizon. Verizon, oh Verizon has foiled me again. Holy crap! I mean, I'm Verizon, but I'm not on my phone right now. So, this Skype line is is hot. It's a hot line for hot takes. I'm glad. Uh, I was glad to get Sean's insight into the Bosa situation. Uh, that was that was probably 
you know, it, I, I think the way I framed that question, put it, it didn't mean he had to be on one side or the other. Is he going to be all right for his career, right? Right. And, 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 and he's like, he'll be fine. Right. What does it mean? I mean, like Lee Steinberg told us, he literally just kind of has to put his hand down and rush the quarterback. And it's not like he's a quarterback holding out. Yeah. He's, so there's it's it's like it's like Vince Wilfork in the middle in Houston. Mm-hmm. You just say, hey, mm-hmm. Vince, just take up four guys. And Eating space. Yeah. He just sits there and just gets it hammered on for four hours. And then he goes home and eats a cow. <laughs> but yeah, Bosa, and and that's why every like you know like last week was Bosa week where everybody ESPN goes what four days in a row with Bosa, you know yeah. oh, what's this mean? This is this is going to be horrible for the league or for Bosa. And then yeah, one of the one of the stats I heard today was the highest draft pick for the Chargers in like the last seventeen years or something, and they screwed this one up too. You know, it's like. Guys, come on. Yeah, he'll be fine. Let's get off it. He'll be fine. His Let's dad get off the Bosa train. His dad played in the NFL. He'll be fine. He'll come in yeah. next he'll come in next week. You watch. He'll come in next week. Everybody's gonna be thinking about the holiday and they won't even be paying attention. He'll come in next week. They'll plug him right in. Week one. Boom. Get in there, kid. Rush the passer. So speaking of week one, Joe Kinsey, can I just say yesterday almost felt like football was here. I mean, uh, I know this is football yeah. week. It felt like football was here. I started the day with a little Vikings chargers preseason. I sauntered into the early afternoon Texans Cardinals matchup. Same here. And I, and I ended my day with a Bengals Jags Same. thriller that I'm sure you were tuned Same. into and completely and devastating great. to me. The Bengals game. Why AJ Green's fine? He he is. Yeah. All right. Good. I was. Yeah. I mean, listen. That's all we need. I mean, Marvin Jones, Sanu, they're all gone, right? Mm. AJ Green's got all these young guys that are looking up to him. He's got to be the guy. Everybody else is in there stealing our wide receivers. Got to have new guys step up. Brandon LaFell. Yeah. He's going to have to make some plays. Yeah, but anyway, Eifert, football, yeah, week. Out, football so. week is here, yeah, I, is. and I'm just ready to go. It is. I, have you looked? Are you much of a college football guy? Uh, outside of the Skurs, the Huskers, and the Nebraska Cornhuskers, you know, I, I have my finger on the pulse a little bit, All but right. I'm not going to go hog wild. Okay, so you're not that much. You're, you're no. such an NFL guy, and I wanted to touch on this because you had a huge fantasy football draft this weekend, right? I did. That's right. And it went over swimmingly. That That's probably why it feels like the it, NFL season is upon us. The as blood well. is boiling, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So I see the photo online. You put it on Facebook about the draft room that you're in. And there's these draft walls with, I mean, it looked like, I don't know how many players you guys even have, how many leagues. It looks incredible. And then the trophy. So tell me about the trophy and the the whole setup for this draft oh i'd I'd love to it was it was great so uh this is my i think this is my 12th year in the league um the uh, nffl uh we had our draft this past weekend and what you're referring to those pictures joe are all the draft boards back dating back to 2007 so we've saved every draft board and I'm sure all the listeners are familiar with draft boards, the multicolored stickers for right, each the player. Old, the old position. school. Well, old school, not all online. And it, it 
the commissioner of the league, Nick Wegman, has carefully reconstructed them all into one one huge piece that takes up like a whole wall. And so that served as the backdrop or backdrop for our for our draft this past weekend. And uh, and it was great. The trophy's amazing. It has all the past winners engraved on the side. It's got our, our custom logo. And we're in this garage, uh, a well, a well-designed garage for fancy drafts, you know, TV, beer, all the essentials. Right. And uh, we hung out in the garage for about five hours, just talking man stuff. But guys are smoking like it's 1985, yeah. and you're in a smoking section yeah. in a restaurant. Yeah. Guys are drinking beers. You know, there's there's jokes about guys wieners going around. I mean, it's well, let, basically let me like the Hold most on. funny part. Let me ask you this. Why so early with the draft? Why not next weekend? Uh, Labor Day is always a scheduling issue. Right. Labor Day weekend. Right. Too many so guys, you guys are out of town. So you guys risk injuries in week three. Well, there are. So there were a lot of games Thursday, and then but there were some yesterday. So you guys risk the injury for this league. You might you might run into somebody getting hurt just so you don't have a scheduling issue. Well, we've, that's been carefully weighed through the years. And generally, if you can make it through these games, you're fine. None of these starters are going to play right in the last week of the preseason. So, I mean, who, who'd you miss out on Ben Watson or Brandon Oliver from the chargers and his torn Achilles, which looked awful, by the way, you can right. see it rupture. Um, yeah. So you don't really run into that. All right. So, so you guys all feel good. You're all, you all think you have a winning team. Um, oh yeah! On paper, everybody looks great, and that trophy. Now, the, how does the trophy work? You get to hold the, you get to keep the trophy all year. If you win it, you get to keep the trophy all year. That's right. All right now, and you get your name put on it. Does last place have? Is there a consequence for finishing in last place? Gang bang <laughs> by the rest of the guys in the league. <laughs> you have to give up your girlfriend or wife to the rest of the league. We don't want either of those. We want the All guy. Right. All right, you're going in that way. Okay, I see how it is. All right, so <laughs> now the guy, the guy who finishes, we have a toilet bowl at the end of the year um, where you know to keep interest. If you have a horrible team all year, you're still trying not to finish last because you have to buy alcohol for the party the next year. Okay. All right. Which is pretty fair, you know. That's you're, you're looking at at least a hundred bucks. All right, so you don't want to finish last, or you're buying the beer. No, no, it's not like a tattoo league or something. Yeah, that's 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 Iowa that does that stuff, right? Oh, I used to work with the guy who was the commissioner of that league. It's is that Nebraska. Right? Is that yeah, right? Josh Benson. It, it's yep. no, uh, Omaha League, huh? Yep, yep. The tattoo <laughs> league. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like total BS, but I actually had an opportunity to join that league in like 2012 or something, like right before it got really popular. Right. But I was like, I don't want a tattoo of Rainbow Bright yeah. with you know smoking a J, yeah. drinking Vassier. You know, I, I don't want that on me. <laughs> so, all right. So you, I, that's that's breaking news. See, that's why we dig into this stuff. So you had the opportunity to get into that league. You pass it up. You didn't want the tattoo. That's understandable. And now, all right. So what are the stakes? You're not going to get arrested. What are the stakes for this league? This big NFFL league. Oh, just high stakes, just mostly emotional high stakes, um, which is the cool thing about fantasy in, in any league. Generally, you're you're uh, you're with friends that you've had for a long time, maybe guys that live outside of the town you live in, 
kind of keep in touch and give each other a hard time all season. So the highest stakes, it's just personal. It's, it never ends, you know, whether it's fantasy football season or not, we all know what our records are against each other. Lifetime. Whenever we see a person right. in the league, we're going to talk about, it. you know how it is. It's right, the same so these stuff, are, guys. These are buddies. This isn't, this isn't about the money. No, these are buddies. All right. These are buddies. It's like a hundred dollars a team. It's okay. nothing. All right. So you're, you're low roller fantasy guy. What a <laughs> I used to be high roller fantasy. I used to be in like five to seven leagues a year, putting down one to three K per team. And and that works, but it's just so much time consuming. It's one, just you were at, you were playing one to three thousand a a team? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was oh winning. Oh god. Yeah. This was uh oh. this was when was that? Two thousand seven to like two thousand and eleven. It took all the fun out of that's it. A it really job. did. That's yeah, that sucks. I don't even want to really did. Yeah. And then it kind of blew up, you know, into this. I saw an interesting quote the other day from the guy. You know how fantasy started with a bunch of uh, news baseball beat reporters um, just amongst themselves to to keep it interesting. Uh, They devised Fantasy League, the first ever Fantasy League. And then, you know, fast forward 40 years and you've got FanDuel and DraftKings. And I heard the, the original creator describe those two as like a, a malignant tumor and unnatural growth because initially fancy was supposed to be pure and, and fun the way they did it. And, uh, it, it's sort of, you know, it's gotten so intense. These guys have algorithms they are using software, right? It's, it's just too well, much I mean, for me. As soon as you put money in, right? Big money. Yeah. You, you put, yeah. The, you put, I mean, what's, what are people looking for? Big money. Jackpots. Want big money. Jackpots. No whammies. So, uh, all right. So, so who was the? Give me the top five picks in this league this year. Uh, top. So I was number one overall. So I went Antonio Brown. All right. Uh, no surprise there. Right. And and um, one of the big surprises, Julio Jones fell all the way to seven. Um, I can't even remember who went all after right. me. I, all right. So was it a run on wide receivers right away? As everybody's, uh, you know, the, this 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 whole wide receivers before running backs thing. It was back-to-back wideouts, and then it was three running backs straight, which was interesting. I hadn't seen that in any mock that I'd done. There was one team, uh, the uh, my friend Brian Huber, the, Hur- the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes or something, took three running backs to start his draft. And he didn't end up in that bad of shape. He had the third overall pick. Did you ask him about his strategy? Absolutely. We talked a lot about it. What was the then- strategy going three three quarterbacks? Three three RBs. Three oh, went, backs. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I missed yeah. that. So he went, okay, so he goes. So he's like, I'm going to get three running backs, and then you guys are all going to be begging for them later. Right, and because there's so few uh, workhorse backs, like he led with Todd Gurley, then he went Mark Ingram, okay. and then I can't remember who the third one was offhand, but um, he said, you know, I'm going to start three running backs every week, and none of those guys are challenged, so I'll just there's plenty of wide receiver depth. I'll grab three on the way back. And that's what he did. He ended up putting together a good squad. And I told him, I was like, I want to see how this team does. Cause right. it's the opposite of what I did. I went three wide to start the draft. And then, um, nobody else in the league did anything similar to what he did. All right. What's the craziest name in this league team name? Uh, <laughs> and give me a good one. I mean, I know your mom's listening, but if she makes it all the way this far, then she deserves to hear it. Uh, Mom's not Mormon. Just say it. There's a team, a team called uh, Donnie Butthole. Donnie Butthole. 
D-O-N-N-Y, Donnie Butthole. All right. It's pretty good. That, yeah, that's it's good. I can't even say my name on the air in the league that we're in together. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're constantly worried about who's listening, <laughs> constantly thinking that this is going to be like some podcast that gets you fired from a freelancing gig. Oh, I'm constantly worried about that. Constantly. Yeah, so. keeps me up at night. All right, that's, that's right. enough fantasy talk. What else? What's on the agenda this week? So you'll you'll watch a little college football. Nothing crazy. Nothing it's crazy. A big schedule. Right. There, ESPN, as usual, has branded this the biggest college football opening weekend of all time. Ever. Ever. Because that's what ESPN does. They have to promote it because nobody's going to watch if you don't promote it. It's like... I mean, people have only been looking forward to college football since January. And, yeah, of course they're not going to watch it. But anyway, so you have all these games. You have Alabama, USC, all that. You know, everybody knows the games. But do you really watch on Labor Day weekend? I had a buddy of mine. He he sent me a text today, and he said, hey, we're gonna I'm going to go to this bar on uh, Saturday to watch the Buckeyes game. And I said, we have a block party. Our neighborhood is having a block party that day. We'll have the game on Ohio State, but I'm not going to sit there and watch them play. I don't. Even, I forget who they even play. Some scrub team, Bowling Green or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, do you? I, I said this to Mrs. BC last night. I was like, I can't imagine on Labor Day weekend just sitting in the house for three straight days just watching college football. And wow. I do this for a living. But no. you know what you know what I mean. Like, how in the hell do guys? How can they pull that off? You got to be a loser, right? Or unmarried. Unmarried. No girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And a, you have to be a degenerate. I know there's guys out there that like college football as much as I like pro, and that's the only way I could do that. Is like through my lens of professional football. Okay, maybe I could do that for three days, but at a certain point. I don't know. I want to. I like the idea of the block party with the game yeah, going on. Exactly, I think that's right? The, that's the way Isn't to do that it. The way to do it. I mean, yeah, it's fun. Outside, bring the TV out. Everybody bring the TV out. Potluck. All the kids slam, are running around. Slam a couple brews. Slam a couple brews. Slam Maybe dip bourbon. in that pool. Yours. That's at a neighbor's house. But do some. <laughs> I'm gonna take bourbon. I'm gonna drink some bourbon. Moscow. Mules. I like that. I like that. You know, late afternoon, early evening cocktails with the neighbors while the kids are having a good time. The game's on. What's what's better than that? You're not going to catch me in a bar on a Saturday, Labor Day, unless it's raining. But come on. I mean, people need to to get out a little bit. Take your TV out on your back porch. (laughs) Take the TV outside. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm not going to talk about that other stuff, college football, because we still haven't – nothing's set in stone, but we're still working on things. They can't right. reveal can't reveal that, right? Cannot. No reveal on that. I had another buddy who wants you know, all of a sudden now, your weekends start scheduling out for the rest of the year. Guys want to guys want you to come in town to watch football games. Come to Georgia. Let's watch a college football game. Come to LSU. Let's go to LSU Alabama or NFL games are starting to schedule. What will you go to any games this year? 
I don't even know yet. I mean, uh, as far as college, I know I'm going to a couple pro games. I'm that, really. That's what I'm saying. Pro games. Yeah. Now, uh, you're already scheduled, right? Yeah, definitely going Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Jaguars in November. Okay. And then uh, heading up to Minnesota for Bears Vikings in January. All right. Uh, see that new stadium. Right, so you want to see the new stadium? I've already mm-hmm. been in that stadium. Have I you? Know, I don't know if you knew that, but I was. I in didn't there. know that. I was in there. Uh, I, I went up for a work trip and it was to tour the new stadium. Awesome. Yeah. No and, idea. And, and since we're 40 minutes into this, I'll just tell the story. I don't care if anybody's listening or not, but mm-hmm. we met the guy who's the lead. He's like the lead contractor dude for the whole project. Okay. He's the one that has work boots on dirty jeans, talks like a sailor and he leads us around the stadium. Right. And I get to this point, and I and, and nobody else is asking questions. It's a media trip, but nobody will ask questions. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love those. And yeah. so, and so, I say, I forget his name, but anyway, I say, uh, so will you be here on opening night when they open this place up? And he said, I'll never watch a game here ever. Is he a Bears fan? He's not a Bears fan, but he said, I'll hand the keys to these people, and after that. I'm done. And it was weird because you could tell that the guy was like, and I, and I would love to dive into it more with this guy because you're talking about a billion dollar project, like 1.2 billion or whatever that ends up. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, no man, I, he goes, I would just rather be at home. I would just rather not even be here. And it's, (laughs) it's not, you know, it's like it's like uh, it's weird because you think that these guys would be like you build this massive palace and you would want to go and like experience the excitement of it opening. And I think to him, it's more like we just build it and then other people enjoy it and I'm done. And once I'm done, I'm done. And and it was weird. It was really strange how this guy is just like, nah, I'd just rather go home and sit in my living room. <laughs> it's it was it was crazy but i mean the, the language was even better because he's just f-bombing other every other word and he's like the treasure of that place the guy is, i love that i love when the old schoolers will do that and it puts everybody else on high alert like those media types that won't ask a question <laughs> like they would hate that so hard and it's like those old schoolers get more momentum from knowing they're antagonizing those people yeah and so they really ratchet yeah. it up <laughs> yeah he this, i i gotta look up his name but this guy's great he let, salty seed dog. Yeah. He, oh, totally, totally. Yeah. You would love this guy. You would. Yeah. I want to. I want to interview him. I, I'm going to contact the Vikings and say, listen, I want to talk to that guy again and see how he's feeling now that it's all done, because it's got to be a. It's got to be a weird feeling. Like you work on this thing for like three years, mm-hmm. and then it's done. They open the. They open. They had a soccer game. They've had a. Uh, I think Metallica's playing there. Like maybe this week, or it already happened. I forget what it is. But you had a preseason game this weekend. You watched it, right? I did. And I told my buddy who's a Vikings fan, I was like, wow, that looks reminiscent of Lucas Oil Stadium, the Colts venue. Is it like that at all in it person, does, Joe? It does, but you know what those – at that open end where you can see the city, those are doors. Those are swinging glass doors that open up. And there was talk at that conference that I went to. Uh, one of the guys asked about in the winter, will they open those up to affect – the kicking conditions for the opposing oh, wow. team and they and they and, and and so i don't know which way the stadium sits but 
would the wind they and they would have to make a decision before the game whether to open those you know you can't do it after the coin toss mm-hmm. but would they open those doors late in the season to affect the the playing conditions and it's well, it, that that's well, something yeah. that is something to watch this year with Vikings games how often will those giant doors be open and how will the wind come through those so Little little something to watch as you're getting closer to the uh, the opening game there. Early in the season, they're going to definitely have them open. It's going to be it'll be warm up there. So, uh, and one other thing about that stadium that I think you would find cool is they let the they let the workers sign one of the I beams that goes up across the roof. So there's one beam that they let the uh, the workers sign, and if you take binoculars to that stadium, you can read what they wrote and it's way the hell up in the top on the roof <laughs> and it's cool because you can zoom in and, and read all these little messages that people left so it's a cool touch and it'll be there as long as they don't paint over it so that if if you know any vikings fans they can tell them to look up and see what people signed i do know some viking fans i actually had vikings season tickets during adrian pearson's rookie year and uh I, I thought the Metrodome was great. I mean, obviously it was really old and things have to be replaced, but it was a really cool venue to see a game. And when you walked in and out to keep it inflated, they had to keep like this constant amount of pressure to keep the ceiling up. Yeah. And you walked out and if you immediately get hit by this just blast of high pressured air on the way in or the way out, it was just a really cool venue. Yeah. Not a cool venue according to the people that, or with the Vikings, but you liked it. They didn't. <laughs> they really like this new place. It looks great. It's, I mean, it's a billion-dollar place. And the Super Bowl will be there in 2018. So, wow. Yeah. So Look at you. Yeah. It I was, didn't know you it, had all this knowledge well, of the stadium. Yeah. I, I, this just came out of the blue. They're like, this agency's like, hey, come check out the new stadium. And I'm like, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And now I'm glad uh, I did. I got all these stories. Great stories. Great, great stories. They're going to have a hell of a place out front of that stadium to uh, to do outdoor concerts. And it's like a little mini Central Park right there in Minneapolis. And wow. for the Super Bowl, they'll have tons of stuff out there. If you want it cold, if you like it cold, the Super Bowl there is going to be r- perfect for your lifestyle. <laughs> I love the cold. But you know, you know the story. And you go to the games. You know that you can walk everywhere indoors right right and so when the super bowl is there there you you will not have to walk outside as long as you stay on that system the Mm -hmm. um the indoor walkway system and you'll be able to walk like like 10 miles and still make it to the stadium and never go outside so wow interesting yeah how cool would that be you walk your hotel to the bars and you may have to walk outside just a little bit but i mean you know you have to wear a coat so pray that the uh pray that the bears get there in, in two years. <laughs> pray. It's gonna take more than prayers. <laughs> I think you're I think you're toast there. Uh anything else we need to touch on? Uh, I think that was a great interview with Sean Merriman. I love the insight into the priest Holmes hit and the injury that led to the end of his career. I was just having a conversation about priest Holmes the other day. Um it's hard to believe, but uh Jamal Charles is actually the leading rusher in the history of the Chiefs. I, I would have never guessed that, especially when you consider the damage Priest Holmes did for a couple of years. 
I believe he had 27 tuds one year. That was an NFL record. But well, how about uh, Christian Okoye? He had to be right there. I believe he's third all Okoye? time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What a dominant guy for a couple years. Right. And so, so Jamal Charles is leading is leading rusher all time now. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Pass three sounds. Got right. Ed so, Podolak in the top five as well. So you're you're man, you're such a numbers guy. <laughs> I love God the old you're school not married stuff. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine what it would have been like for her? Oh God. Oh shit. Uh, no. Yeah, you want to hear stat, honey? They don't like women. Don't like football stats from oh. the seventies. Oh God. Uh, I, I mean, I, I live with one that hates stats anyway. Right. She doesn't care. So I love the Marty Schottenheimer insight too from from Sean Lights Out Merriman as well. Um, yeah, that, I I know that was I had to get in there and say that it just made your day. <laughs> it did. It really did. I'm always up for a Marty Schottenheimer story. You got to read his book, Marty Ball. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I'll get I'll get tons of time for that. I'm sure. Um, all right, I've got an IKEA dresser to put together, so I'm gonna get out of here. You can stay all as, you can stay as long as you want, but uh, but I gotta get hang out, out of here. This I'll is IKEA here project. I'm I'm on page twenty, uh, maybe twenty five or uh, step twenty five, and there's like sixty two steps. So I'm a quarter oh. of the way there, or a third of the way. So imagine how that guy felt building the new viking stadium oh my god can you imagine same thing can you imagine same thing that's the thing is you get home you build a stadium all day what do you do you get home and you don't want to build shit that's the way i am yeah. build websites and in, i don't want to build anything else his house is in disarray no he said his house is amazing he said he he loves it so all right paul another great uh milk clock podcast the, the listeners are loving these when we great before we go listen we have been we've got into the podcasting game like at the worst time of the year july and august deathbed of podcasts nobody even cares nobody pays attention and the numbers have been great i don't know what i don't know what great numbers are but i'm satisfied i'm really happy you you, you know you think we started doing this what six weeks ago maybe now yeah and you you look at the litany of guests we've had across all genres people that you didn't know that you wanted to hear from but you're glad you did hear from that's that's it old football stories old athlete stories and uh and this will be posted later tonight so everybody's gonna get to hear sean merriman like almost live so almost live it'll be great all right i'm out i'm out